Hi everyone, happy Wicked Wednesday and welcome to Shivers. When we think about the history of the paranormal, it's interesting to imagine life back then and what would we do if we saw a ghost for the first time. Today we're talking about the history of the paranormal, Ouija boards, black mirrors, and some other tools that are related to this entire genre. For the paranormal, inscriptions dating back to 1400 BCE reflect the first exorcism known to man, with Catholics believing that the body of a young girl was taken over by a demon that escaped from hell and found an innocent vessel. Catholics back then prayed over the girl for a number of days until her fever began to subside and her normal form came back. We hear nothing after this until 1500 BCE in Mesopotamia, where a tablet is found, marking the first depiction of a non-demon ghost, or just a normal ghost. The directions call for the exorcist to make figurines of a man and a woman, preparing two vessels of beer, and at sunrise, speaking ritual worlds, words calling on the Mesopotamian god Samash, who was responsible for bringing ghosts to the underworld. The idea was to transfer the ghost into one of these figurines, whichever they chose. The text's final line urges readers not to look behind you. This warning is probably intended as an instruction aimed at the figurines entering the underworld, but it's possible it's directed at the exorcist. Ancient Mesopotamians relied on a funeral ritual to keep the dead from rising again. Ghosts, having been deprived of eternal rest, were generally considered objects of sympathy. In many cases, these souls belong to a realm of the dead but might return to the living world due to improper funeral rituals or unfinished business. Ghost stories with these similar themes can be found in ancient China, Mesoamerica, Egypt, India, Greece, Ireland, Scotland, and Rome. The Mesopotamian tablet is on display in the Smithsonian Museum. There are not many records of paranormal happenings in our history, but many of these stories involve folklore that lead to warnings about ghosts and spirits, good and evil, coming back to Rome, and taking unsuspecting patrons' bodies as vessels, so these spirits could continue to roam Earth. Many of these stories are the same, over and over and over again. It wasn't then until 1949 in America where the seeming trend of exorcisms really kicked off. Roland Doe, a young man from Maryland, really did start this trend. Roland was an only child and depended upon adults in his household for playmates, primarily his aunt, who was a spiritualist. She introduced Roland to the Ouija board that they had in their home when he expressed interest in it. After playing with the Ouija board, the family began experiencing weirdness around the house. Furniture moving on its own, floorboards creaking upstairs with no one home, etc. The family brought a parapsychologist, which is a paranormal investigator, to the home, and he believed the boy was a conduit for whatever came from the Ouija board. He recommended this parapsychologist recommended the family get the boy to a Catholic priest who could perform an exorcism on him. After that exorcism started, Roland freaked out and ripped his arms from the restraints, attacking the priest. The family was then sent to a state hospital in Missouri where two priests visited the con to conduct the final exorcism. 49 people witnessed this exorcism, with non-believers changing their tune by all of them recalling the same events. The bed moving on its own and coming off of its hinges, the boy ripping through the restraints and screaming in guttural tones, and the room being freezing cold. This exorcism in particular inspired the exorcist film from 1973. Moving on to Ouija boards and spirit boards. 
spirit boards originated in China and you can still see some of them in museums today with the oldest one dating back to 1100 AD. What we know of as Ouija boards today were inspired by these spirit boards. A lot of these spirit boards would just have A through Z written out on a tablet with numbers one through nine and zero and just a little circle like a ring or a dice, something that could be moved over these letters and these numbers. Ouija boards that we know today are pretty much the same, but Ouija is a talking bird board that was first manufactured in the United States in Baltimore in 1890. A talking board is a board printed with letters and numbers that uses a sliding pointer to spell out the messages in a mysterious way. It's, the pointer is also called a planchette. The board that became Ouija was born in 1886 in Baltimore, Maryland and named in 1980 where it was first manufactured. Since Ouija's inscription, newspapers reported its use as a way to communicate with the dead, predict catastrophes, solve mysteries, even commit crimes. The first person to use our modern version of Ouija board was Helen Peters Nosworthy, who asked the board to name itself, spelling out Ouija. She then asked what that meant, and the board said good luck. Now today we accept this translation as Ouija, meaning good luck. Moving on to seances. The word seance comes from the French word for session. In English, however, the word came to be used specifically for the meeting of people who are gathered to receive messages from ghosts or listen to a spirit medium discover or relay messages from these spirits. The popularity for seances grew dramatically with the founding of the religion of spiritualism in the mid 19th century. Perhaps the best known series of seances conducted at that time were those of Mary Todd Lincoln, who, grieving the loss of her son, organized spiritualist seances in the White House, which were attended by her husband, President Abraham Lincoln, and other prominent members of society. In 1887, Cybert Commission report marred the credibility of spiritualism at the height of its popularity by publishing exposures of fraud and showmanship among secular seance leaders. In essence, calling seances and spiritual believers bullshit. Modern seances continue to be part of the religious service of spiritualist, spiritualist, or espiritualismo, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, churches today, where a greater emphasis is placed on spiritual values versus showmanship. The key pieces to a successful seance are to include a medium or a person who can channel, some sort of divination device like a Ouija board for everyone to place their hands on, or something as simple as a notebook for the medium to spell out their messages, and a table for everyone to gather around. Seances require more than one participant and everyone must stay at the table for the entirety of the seance in order to keep that spirit contained in the area. The first seance ever recorded was in 1848, conducted by sisters Kate and Margaret Fox in New York. They apparently lived in a haunted house and gathered their family and friends around a table in an attempt to communicate with the spirit in their home. As the story goes, they basically made things worse, but this was the first actual recorded seance in the modern sense. Religious seances that involve prayer and offerings to spirits are different, but do date back many years. The stereotypical seance would involve people sitting around a table, holding hands with a crystal ball in the middle for the medium to look through, 
And that crystal ball has many meanings today as well, which can be used in the same way as black mirrors. Black mirrors, often made from obsidian, have been a tool of divination since the Aztec and Mayan civilizations in ancient Mexico. Black mirrors are reflective, but the color makes them a bit murky, which helps you see images in them. In modern witchcraft and spiritualism, some people make black mirrors with paint instead of using obsidian. They're also considered scrying mirrors, and black tourmaline can be used instead of obsidian. Scrying is also referred to as seeing or peeping, and is a practice rooted in divination and fortune telling. It involves gazing into a medium, which could be a crystal ball, a black mirror, or a puddle of water, doesn't matter, hoping to receive significant messages or visions that could offer personal guidance, prophecy, revelation, or inspiration. It's also called catopramacy, which is very interesting because the background of tarot card reading is cartomancy. So <clears throat> there's something to do with all of this kind of tying together. In folk magic, scrying is often used for fortune telling and prophecy. Some people believe that scrying lets you tap into your own unconscious and subconscious. Because of this, it's also a way to self-reflect and learn more about yourself. These black mirrors are very interesting because they look very threatening and they're very scary. I saw one for the first time this past weekend and it's very intimidating because it just looks like you're looking at shadows, but it is used as a way of just kind of zoning out. But this is all for the history of the paranormal, seances, and everything in between. So I hope you enjoyed. Thank you for listening to today's Wicked Wednesday. And as always, be sure to check out our meetup page for events and check out my Amazon for my book, Burn Her Down.